Trek Geeks Podcast Network is proud to have Fansets as its presenting sponsor. Fansets is the place for amazing pin collectibles with over 300 officially licensed Star Trek pins and new releases every dang month. Stay tuned for a special discount code good on your next order at fansets.com. And it's just for Discovering Trek listeners. Fansets, our pins have character. Hello, Discovering Trek listeners. Sarah and Casey here, and this is Discovering Trek Enterprise. Welcome to the first frontier. We're both here to break down another episode of Enterprise. This is the first full series watch through for me, and it's a rewatch for Casey, in case you didn't know. Today it's episode seven, The Andorian Incident. This episode originally traveled over the airwaves 20 years ago. So really, if you haven't watched it yet, I'm not sure what to tell you right now. I, I Why are you even listening? Go <laughs> watch it and then come back because otherwise you have no right to complain about spoilers. Fire up Paramount Plus or Amazon Prime or if you're in Canada, it's on Netflix. It's on Crave. Watch the episode and then come on back here and listen to us jabber on about it. And that's it. We hope you have enjoyed our non-warning spoiler warning. (laughs) Now, before we discuss the Andorian incident, we want to hear from our listeners about their thoughts on everything in our prize. So, Sarah, how can they get in touch with us for their thoughts on this first season of Star Trek Enterprise? You know, I'm glad you asked that, Casey. If you're looking to communicate with us, there are a bunch of ways you can do that. Of course, you can go to thetrekgeeks.com slash contact and find a variety of ways to get us your thoughts. And on Twitter or Facebook, all you have to do is search for Discovering Trek. Heck, if you want to send a raven, we said this last time, we're saying it again, go for it. They're looking for work. We welcome all of your questions and comments. You can also leave us a voicemail by visiting our website at trekgeeks.com and click on the big blue button. Remember, though, that any comments you leave us might be used in a future episode of Discovering Trek. And remember, because ravens have been having a hard time finding jobs. Mm -hmm. So Support your local raven. Exactly. No more of this pigeon stuff. Ravens, people. Ravens. Yep. And speaking of ravens, and what, what, what might be stuffed in between two layers of dough, we're talking slices of pie here. <laughs> <laughs> that was an interesting segue, sir. Wasn't it? Like Could you it. tell I just made it up? Yeah, I can see the <laughs> wheel spinning from here. Oh, my <laughs> hamster wheel in my head. So, Sarah, what did you give this episode? Well, considering I didn't give it anything and I didn't write any notes, but I'm remembering this episode as being really great, I'm giving it five slices of pie. <gasps> Whoa! My goodness That's gracious. out of six. That's five out of six slices. I thought this was great. Because I don't... Um, I haven't watched Deep Space Nine a billion times yet, and I watched <gasps> it and I really like it. And I'm very eager. Like I think about that show a lot and how I want to uh-huh. watch it. And Jeffrey Coombs is fantastic in that series and Mm -hmm. so I knew that there was a lot of excitement around him joining and I was completely just in love with what he brought to the table on this episode and I liked the storyline I thought it was great right on very good well I'll tell you I gave it four slices a little bit of a la mode on the side on this one um I I could not agree with you more 
Jeffrey Combs, come on. This is, I thought, a really good introduction for the Andorians for this time frame mm-hmm. and this story. Um, and also just seeing how sneaky as mm-hmm. the Vulcans mm-hmm. are and uh, questioning how many Vulcans really know what's going on and what isn't going on. Mm-hmm. and. Uh, Boy, deviousness all around. Tisk tisk. Right? Tisk tisk. Oh my gosh. Bad do boys, you... bad boys. <laughs> Sarah, do you perhaps maybe have a wonderful, amazing recap for us? Oh, do I ever. It's going to rhyme. Yes. That's our thing. That's right. It's committed to it now. It's never going to go away. <laughs> it will rhyme every time. Oh, perfect. All right, here we go. The episode starts quick. You just get a look. And Dorians are here and they'll leave you quite shook. The captain talks star charts and wants to know when they can check out a planet where the Vulcans are zen. T'Pol doesn't want to, but shows them the place. The agitated Vulcan still has a bland face. Captain Archer starts talking and looking at stuff and spots a hidden blue guy who isn't too buff. And Dorians have taken hostages out back. They don't believe Archer and punch with a crack. They have a bad rep. They think Vulcan spy, but there's no way that's possible. Why would they lie? The away team is stuck. They can't call their ship, but tunnels are close and inside goes trip. The captain is hurt. He's starting to bleed, but don't worry, folks. Here comes Malcolm Reed. They are all in, they are all in tunnels shooting and stuff, but oh, there's a door. This will get rough. The Vulcans have lied. They are total spies. And Archer and Andorians, for now, are allies. You are fantastic. Thank you, my people. Everyone here is giving you a standing ovation. Mm. Thank you. Well, that was fantastic. Oh, my gosh. I love doing these. I think I found a a fun little new thing. Maybe if I do this with some of my meetings at work. Oh, put me on the top way right up to the exec director position. Look I, I will pay for your first round of medium shelf drinks <laughs> at the first con we can all hit to if in your next business meeting, you do it rhyming for just for just one minute. Yeah. Only a minute. Okay. okay. We'll It'll be the honor system. I'll believe you. The eyes rolling everywhere. Oh, great. We have one of those enthusiastic employees. That's not how government works, people. <laughs> no one should be that enthusiastic. Oh, talking about some enthusiasm. Yeah. What are your thoughts on um what are your thoughts on this episode since you dug it so much? Well, you know, I just need to find myself uh, Mr. My favorite, Miles O'Brien, to get that transporter working. Cause I got some thoughts, some transporter thoughts. Oh, <gasps> Okay, I have a question. Yes. And I don't know if this episode answers it. Maybe it did and I, I missed it, but I don't think it did. Does T'Pol know that the Vulcans are spying? I can't tell. I can't tell either. And Poker face. Right? She is what Lady Gaga was singing about. There you go. I I dig that it's, uh, an, from our point of view, an unknown. It kind of yeah. opens things up for the future. I think so too, because if you watch the episode, obviously she didn't want them to go there. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of that is just like 
DePaul is just downright embarrassed to be doing the job she's doing in some ways. There's a little bit of pride. There's a little bit of like, oh boy, here's the girl stuck with the humans. It's going to ruin her. She's going to become all crazy human. So like this place is sacred. I don't want to go there. But, you know, I think maybe she knows, so she doesn't want them to go. But she also is quite shocked and quite... Uh, I don't mm-hmm. know. It was uh, good I, acting. It's good. I think it good could acting. go either way. And mm-hmm. I, I, my thinking on that is leaving some stuff open to audience interpretation. Mm-hmm. So, um, so that certain expectations maybe could be being built up that could be subverted later on. I'd like to think that she didn't know because I think that there needs to be a kick in the teeth about like the Vulcans aren't that great either. Yeah. Everyone's got their flaws and it only takes a couple of bad apples to ruin a little barrel. And the Vulcans are not perfect. And we're kind of given that idea and humans are given that idea that they're, they're perfect and you should be just like them. And it's like, I, and I want her to have that wake up call, just like she's having her own wake up call with realizing that the humans are, you know, they got their moments, but they can actually be quite redeeming too. And yeah, but if she knows, oh, I don't know how I feel about that. If she knows that this is going on, then I'm going to say, let's just make her a total baddie, the villain oh. of the series, and just possible serial killer down the road. Like, this, let's do it. Let's take her and make her bad. Oh. Oh, break bad. break, but break to Paul bad. That would be fantastic. Oh, yeah. man. Mm. Okay, and, and here's my bugaboo about this episode. Uh-huh. Um, and I brought this up and I'm going to bring it up every episode, even though we have the answer of like, well, that's now that's a Star Trek. Archer can talk to Andorians. The, the, everyone's speaking English. What is Hosh's yeah. job? He gets down to a planet and everyone's speaking the same language and there's no, we know there isn't translators. And um, so this is just something that we're told to forget about unless we need to have a Hoshi story. I I hear you. I yeah, Dumb. things things are conveniently forgotten. So by the writing staff on this to fit whatever needs to fit. That's a bummer because I think that if they had decided then to have made Hoshi a completely different type of officer on the ship, it would have been great for her character. Mm-hmm. Maybe put her into some more security or something. Like there's obviously no point of her being there if it's to translate brand new languages because the Andorians are brand new to them. Yeah. Why wasn't that a thing? She sure struggled with the Klingons. Yeah. Like it's, it's, it's just too bad. It's, I think it's just too bad. It is. It's a, it's a very Shame. kind of, huh? Of that, that the humans don't know Andorians at all, but mm-hmm. yeah, everybody's speaking standard. And unless there is, I think at some point in this series, and this may be a spoiler for you, but um, I think at some point they get like wearable translators, mm. Mm. but, but still, Okay, so so then you you know you've you've taken away Hoshi's job. But that being said, if they wanted to really make this language thing a thing in the Star Trek universe, then the whole series Voyager never would have worked because there's no way the computers are going to pick up on alien languages that freaking fast, right? Like it should have been a whole subtitled series of just every episode (laughs) is a painful (laughs) attempt to communicate with other species. Like it would last like five episodes and everyone quits. Like I can't do this. Star Trek, no speak. It's like just, just 47 minutes of everybody going, huh? What? What are they trying to say? I I hear you. That bugaboo (laughs) also for me on every Star Trek franchise is 
whenever the ships do like harsh turns and banks and stuff, mm-hmm. like where does everybody's cups and and pads <laughs> and all that crap goes flying? You know, mm-hmm. it's dangerous. Like if somebody's painting or sculpting, and then all of a sudden, oh hey, guess what? We're gonna invert the ship now. Mm-hmm. Um, you're hosed. Um, yeah, because that's such a, that's such, I hate to compare Star Wars and Star Trek because they're incomparable, but this is something that you see in Star Wars is the different languages and they subtitle it. And I think it's great because that's such a, a reality of, of the human experience is mm-hmm. if we travel to other countries, there's going to be a language barrier and sometimes it can be completely adorable and everyone does their best and it bonds people yeah. or it can be like miscommunication. <laughs> like yeah. now you've Uh-oh. insulted my daughter and I'm going to, but <laughs> yeah. I was just asking where I can get a sandwich. Like yeah. It's, yeah. Anyway, oh. it's, uh, that's my rant. The my ranty rant. Well, here, so I've got a, a ranty rant for this, this episode. Mm. Um, that one in Dorian is uh, a rapey, rapey character. And like... You should have just put him in a trench coat, like super right? creep factor, right? Like, it's like, ooh, I'm going to enjoy talking with you or whatever the, the heck he says. And I was like, and no repercussions. I, like, Archer or somebody, like, beat beat the living stuffings out of that trash dude right yes. now. Yes, and it should have been to Paul, not Archer, one of the guys coming in. Like it should have been like stand up for yourself. What's he going to do? Yeah, is is, is he going to retaliate? You got enough backup. Exactly. Just fight. Exactly. Beat I, this guy down. I was just like, I mean, gross, and, and it was gross. It's gross. And part it's of that unnecessary. would be to yeah, it's like d- dudes be ready to back up to Paul yeah. and just say, hey, we're we're, we're here for you. Now, yeah. now go, now go take the, take that guy out. We've already been forced to see the, the, the body rub scenes. Uh, we know she's a beautiful woman. We don't need to take it to a creepiness factor where, oh, other people recognize it too. And they're gross about it. Right? Like, just, just take that out of the script. Why would you have it, that in there? It's not it, funny. It's not. Oh, it, it doesn't make this character scary. If you're no. trying to make the characters for the Andorians be, um, you know, very in, intense and scary. Fine, that's one thing, but this is different. Because then, yeah. when you go from that jackhole over to Jeffrey Combs' Andorian character, there you get a scary, unhinged, yeah. don't know exactly what's going to happen with this character who does beat the living hell <laughs> out of Archer. Oh, I mean, like, I loved it. Right, it was just consistent. I was like, okay, they'll they'll show him. I had forgotten how many you know pops Combs yeah. got in there, but it's like, okay, they'll show a few. I was like, oh, he just keeps wailing on him. Yeah, I was like, okay, there's your. I, I don't know if you. I I got a little bit of Hans Gruber feeling when I was watching <laughs> this. I was like, <laughs> okay, that'll yeah. work for me. Um, I think Archer needed it. It, it was Knock him down a few pegs. Right? You're not as strong as you think you are. You're not as smart as you think you are. You're not as talented as you think you are. You are just a man trying to do the right thing and trying right. to do a good job. But get off your high horse. Sir. And you, you got whooped by a dude who's like two feet shorter than you. Yeah. But all business. Mm-hmm. Jeffrey Combs, all business in this. Yeah, he's great. Just wonderful. Oh, man. Hey, what about this? 
Do you think it's possible we can get a nasal numbing agent for STLV? And I bring this up because I know a couple of podcasters that get ripe (laughs) at STLV. And I'm not going to name their names, Phil and Stan. Mm. But Mm. when Phil and Stan don't, you know, uh, always change their clothes, Phil and Stan, that sometimes it's just um, I wouldn't mind the numbing agent for my Nasal passages, mm-hmm. fill and stan. There's nothing safe in STLV because you've got a smoke-filled casino, but I used to be a smoker, so I loved it. It didn't bother me. It, well, actually, it would bother me by the third day because I'm like, I don't smoke that much, but it's like, <laughs> this is like in my pores. You go outside and it's just pure hot dust that you're getting into <laughs> your nose. And then you go to the convention and it's the ripe Bill and Dan show. Oh, I didn't say those names. Wow. Oh, I, I'm saying it. I don't know. I've never met them in person, so I don't know. I don't know who you're talking about. Um, can they? Can uh, yeah? I don't. Was smoking still allowed in the? You the can Rio? still smoke in the casinos. Oh, boy. You still can to this day. Oh God, I had no, I didn't even remember that. I've like popped it out of my oh, mind. That'd be like my. That'd be 10 a.m. Vegas. Sarah is. Sarah's at her Walking Dead slot machine. She just asked for her free Bloody Mary because I'm playing the penny slot. So obviously I've earned myself a free oh, Bloody hell, Mary. Yeah. And I got my menthol long skinny cigarette. Wow. I'm in my, that's my zone. That is that is core, Sarah. That is, I've quit two years ago now. I don't smoke, but I, I will smoke in Vegas because I can't get menthols here. And so I'll be like, oh, just give me three days. I'll be sick to my stomach. So is I, oh, this a memory of the past or is this a vision of Sarah future that we're oh, seeing? Oh, it's both. Mm-hmm. There is no such thing as time. It's uh, just, I know it's all made up, all made up BS. Good thoughts. I like those transporter thoughts. Thanks chief O'Brien for, for bringing those up to us. Now let's move on to something even more worthy of being beamed up in oh. bucket loads. <gasps> I'm talking stuff from fan sets. Yeah, you are. We need. We don't have a transporter big enough for this. <sighs> Discovering Trek listeners, we thank our friends over at Fansets for being the exclusive sponsor of Discovering Trek. The people at Fansets are always working to put out the best product available and continue to surprise us with new designs and product releases. There are more great new products out right now. There's the Horgon pins. I think you all know what those are about. There's the super cool Doomsday Machine pin, Picard character and episode pins from that show Picard with the guy Picard. You know who Picard is. And of course, there's other stuff that's not Trek related, like Scooby-Dooby-Doo, Batman 66, and what is this? Xenoscope? Zenscope? I don't even know what that is, but it sounds amazing. There are tons of pins and accessories. You want them all. You need them all. They're at fansets.com. So boot up your internet, go to the website, browse, indulge, and then load up your cart and enter the special code word discovering trek. That's in all caps, caps locks, no spaces <laughs> at the checkout part. That's where you get your 10% off the entire order. And if you're in the US, you spend more than 30 buckaroos, you also get free shipping. Casey. Ooh, the buckaroos. Fansets, our pins have character. And we thank our friends at Fansets, even Joe, for being the presenting sponsor of the Trek Geeks Podcast Network. Okay. Um, I'm ready for some food. What's the chef doing? Yeah, Chef has been busy. And let me tell you, Chef wanted to talk about, let's chat about those Andorians. Mm. Okay. Uh, let's talk about the fantastic 
and 10A. Props to the props and makeup departments for this. Mm. We finally got antenna that uh, coordinate with thought, mood, action. So they, yeah, they weren't just something stuck on an actor's head. Mm-hmm. Um, nice little animatronic stuff to be able to move and make the forehead of these characters uh, believable. Mm-hmm. So I, I was digging on that of, boy, how, how did they do that? How did they mm-hmm. make the applications small enough so it wasn't like this huge piece just set on their head? Yeah, as somebody who studied a little bit in special effects makeup, I am in awe of, of this. This is fantastic. And this is something that I would probably even ask at a convention of those who had the opportunity to play or do the makeup because it's um, it's such an art form. It's such a skill. It's such a trained eye. And they had their own character, the, just the antennae. Like it just makes that character mm-hmm. so much more dimensional and fun to watch. Absolutely. Absolutely. It was, yeah. I was like, you know, okay, this is uh, a species we've seen before, but that just seemed pretty uh, one dimensional. Mm-hmm. And then you get this coming in and, and it was like, Ooh, all right. Yeah. Where, you know, where are we going to go from here? That would be very interesting. Chef was also thinking this week is like, hey, kind of a nice reuse of the previous episode's cavern sets. And right. it, and it to me, it wasn't blatantly obvious mm-hmm. that they were the same sets. Um, probably expanded, I would have to think, for, for this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, I would have wished if they had put one spacer episode in between these two. So it wasn't two in a row where we had caverns and such, mm-hmm. but you know, production order, you got to do what you got to do. But I was like, you know, smart thinking ahead of the game to be able to go, we're going to need these for this episode and this episode, let, let's do them. And it kind of just keeps expanding. It doesn't feel or look as TV ish to mm-hmm. me at times, mm-hmm. uh, especially when you can get things like live flame and stuff like that on screen. Yeah. That's kind of cool. I have a question. What did you think of Malcolm Reed's uh, character in this episode? Um, I think they, I think they did him a little dirty on of just, hey, Malcolm just wants to shoot everything, so we better figure out what we want to do, or he's going to shoot everything. <clears throat> and then he doesn't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, kind of steps up and um, thinks the situation through. Um, then, then uses the transporter. Now, so can can three beings transport down together at the same time on one pad? Is that mm. now what can yeah. happen? Yeah. So I don't know. What were your thoughts of Reed? I thought that it was nice to see him get in a little bit outside of his comfort zone because it just challenges the character and it grows the character. I, I just remember it standing out as being quite good because I feel like we're not seeing a lot of Hoshi. We're not seeing a lot of Mayweather. It's been the, the mm-hmm. trip to Paul Archer show. So the fact that, that Malcolm Reed got to be a little bit in this one, I kind of enjoyed that. So I hear you. Yeah, it was a nice break. I mean, I, I, it seems really obvious that they're trying to do, you know, Spock, McCoy, Kirk. Mm-hmm. 
triangle type thing. And when you've had other shows with strong ensembles, mm-hmm. and then you kind of squeeze that out, it that felt like a storytelling regression that was like not needed. And yeah, I yeah, is Mayweather like even in this episode? I can't remember. I don't remember. And then Hoshi, when with n- nothing to do, mm-hmm. hanging out. So, yeah, more, more of, more of those three, or mixing those characters in with the other yeah. three, would really help a lot. I hear, I hear you. Um, All right, we did it. Well, I got one more thing for you here. Bring it on. And Chef Special Day dealing with food. I love how Fox literally just takes food. He's a seagull. From other people's, right? Other people's plates. He gives none crap. And just like, oh, do you mind? Well, he's already grabbed onto it. And just, or yeah. eating something halfway and offering. Someone's like, hey, taste this. This is fantastic. I love, like, yeah. seagull. Seagull yeah. or slash little kid. Yeah. You know, I got, I'm glad you brought that up because I forgot about Flocks too. Haven't had enough Flocks on the show yet. And he's a great character. Right? I mean, Fox. so I'm, I'm, I got to start watching these next episodes because I'm looking for it and I'm going to be pretty disappointed if I, if I don't see it. So hear from me on the next episode. <laughs> there you go. Well, yeah. Fox does a little, a little nice mentory-ish talk with mm. T'Pol. Mm-hmm. How, you know, nice. how T'Pol was uh, really leading in the previous episode on this one. Flox, a short scene, but of just like, mm-hmm. you know, isn't it why we're out here to explore and mm-hmm. and find out new stuff? And, and hey, damn, your celery looks good. I'm going to munch on it with some <laughs> salsa. Mmm. Yum. But, you know, salsa time. I, I got to say, this as a setup episode for future things with Andorians is enticing. Because then if, if we can get some reoccurring characters that obviously are not doofuses have some actual threat behind them. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, we, we met the Klingons earlier, but they didn't. He's like, hey, we got a holodeck. You're fine. Bye. Yeah. We, we don't care. We'll warn you. You know, don't come around us again. But it's like, ah, and, and okay. Help me with this one, Sarah. So Archer then, you know, says, hey, we got to give all this information to the Andorians. That's right there. But at no point, like, hey, even though you beat the crud out of me, I'm going to give you this because it's the right thing to do. I mean, he just does it. But I don't know about you, but if I'm around somebody that has just beaten the crud out of me for quite some time and I do the right thing, I go, listen, the next time we meet, you and I are going to go outside and have a little chat because... (laughs) This ain't happening again, the way this one went down. So I'm doing our thing. And it was like, just, it, ah, things on the show just disappear. That's what I keep mm-hmm. coming to. Whether it's a, a character or a storyline or a reasoning or something, it just, poof, like Kaiser Soze, just gone. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know. But boy, Andorians... In the, in the future, that would be kind of nice. All right. I enjoyed it. I want to see more of them. Woohoo! So guess what? That does it on our coverage on Episode 7, The Andorian Incident. We'll be back next time chatting about Episode number 8, Breaking the Ice. 
as we continue to celebrate the 20th anniversary year of Enterprise. Until then, everybody, remember you can subscribe to Discovering Trek by searching for us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or by heading to discoveringtrek.com. Sarah, where can all of our fantastic fall, winter, spring, and summer listeners find us on social media? Uh, Twitter, for <laughs> sure. Discovering Trek, Trek Rewind, all of that. Is your my, me, at least. Is your MySpace spot still <laughs> open? <laughs> yeah. Okay. My ICQ handle is. Ooh. Twitter for me, everybody. Come find us. Come chat. Let us know you what's going it. on. If you enjoy what we're doing here on Discovering Trek and the Trek Geeks Podcast Network, please consider supporting us on Patreon. As a subscriber, you can get access to the unedited recordings of episodes as well as exclusive content and great subscriber rewards like our annual supporters pins from fan sets and our exclusive Trek Geeks Podcast Network t-shirt, among other things. We would like to take a moment to recognize the following amazing producers of Discovering Trek. We are so thankful for their support. Mike Bovia, Chaz Bradshaw, Cal Castillo, Peter Craig, Craig Ewing, Jackie and Chris Hackney, Kimberly Hartman, David Hood, Leonel Marchand, Matt McGonigal, Jim McMahon, Darren Metcalf, Charlie Mulvey, Sean O'Halloran, Jamie Rogers, Chris Trebizio, Ken Tripp, Christina Werther, and Jess Vachon. The senior producer of Discovering Trek is Jude Tapman. If you'd like to become a producer of Discovering Trek, or even get access to the raw audio for Discovering Trek episodes, head on over to patreon.com slash trekgeeks for all the details. Until Reed gets to fire a photon torpedo, two to beam out. Beam us out of here quick! Music for Discovering Trek is provided by Five Year Mission. They're writing an original song for each episode of Star Trek. Hear more of their music at fiveyearmission.net. Discovering Trek is a production of Coconut Media Works, executive producers Bill Smith and Dan Davidson. For more great Star Trek discussion, discover the other shows of the Trek Geeks podcast network at trekgeeks.com or find us in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app.